0: The best brand of football in Idaho. This
1: is the 8-man prep cast on idahosports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Idaho 8-man prep cast on idahosports.com talking about the greatest game there is, 8-man football in the Gem State. Week in, week out. My name is Brandon Baney. We are joined as always by Will Henicky. He operates the Idaho 8-man X account. Will, good evening. How you doing?
0: I'm doing okay. Yourself?
1: Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm doing fantastic. Um, we also have Coach Kirkland, uh, who normally joins us, Will. Coach Lane Kirkland, recently retired from the Cary Panthers. Uh, he's having some tech problems as we're recording this. Um, so I think it's just going to be you and me, although I see him trying to hop back in. Let me just see. This will be fun, a fun experiment. Okay, let's, let's see let's what, we... what we got here. No. no. <laughs> Not
0: going to work. No. It looks like the surface of the sun there for a second
1: that's <laughs> that's uh like like night night vision goggles um that's funny so there you go that's the brief cameo from coach Kirkland
0: hey he, uh, can, ha- he can say he's been on every show this year now
1: that's right that perfect attendance is still right. up and running so uh we'll, we'll get back with coach Kirkland uh next week on the show Um, which is good because we've got so much, you know, so many big matchups coming up this week. Um, So uh, I'm a little casual tonight. I'm wearing my Green Bay Packers uh, jersey. I'm a diehard cheesehead Will. Uh, They're playing on Thursday Night Football as we're recording this. Uh, Everyone's going to be listening to this first thing Friday morning ahead of what should be a great weekend of games. I actually own uh, one share of the Packers. They're the only major sports franchise that is publicly owned and traded.
0: So, Mm -hmm. Well, that's too bad.
1: That's right. They answer to me.
0: (laughs) I'm not a Packers fan, so um, I mean, by the time everybody's watching this tomorrow, they'll all know the Packers lost while we were talking on the air, so it's good.
1: I see. Yeah, you're wearing Detroit Lions blue. That's who they're playing tonight.
0: It's actually Seattle Seahawks blue probably, like old Seattle Seahawks blue. That's my team. a Northwest guy, and they're actually wearing those 1980s throwback. That's their throwback look whenever, you know, how they do that sometimes and they're actually apparently breaking them out once or twice this year. So I'm kind of looking forward to it.
1: Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you grew up in the Washington uh, area, so that definitely checks out. All right. We always start the Idaho 8-Man Prep Cast with our game of the week. This is the game that was the most exciting. It may not have much in terms of big implications, but just from start to finish, what was the most thrilling, exciting Uh, game for fans to watch and the game uh i went with will because there were a couple i could have gone with but i thought this this rivalry game between mackie and chalice 1a d2 versus 1a d1 the game itself was phenomenal but then you add in the layer of these two co-op together last year they were on the same
0: team a few months ago and and now they're playing against each other so uh, i'm just gonna guess that these kids knew oh i know this guy i know what he can do so they're they're probably was not a lot of, uh, there probably weren't very many secrets on the field to the point where the two coaches probably could have just said, Hey, I'm, I'm running a sweep around the left end this play. And you know, it would have been just as good. Everybody knows.
1: Yeah. So the game actually started kind of on shaky footing for both teams. Will uh, each team throws an interception on their first possession of the game. So uh, Mackey turns it over. Chalice turns it right back over. I guess both sides were kind of settling in as the game got rolling.
0: You like the big plays though. That's, that's fun. If you just went three and out and punted, that's not quite as exciting as a nice pick for the fans. So I like them putting on a little show for the, for the the folks who paid their five bucks and walked in and watched.
1: That's right. So Mackie finally settles in. They march the ball down the field. Palin Bruley uh, scores on a three yard touchdown run. They go for two. Don't get it. Mackie's up six, nothing in the first quarter. That lead didn't last long, Will, because on the ensuing kickoff, Cade Beeson returned the kick 65 yards for a touchdown to tie it up, and then Chalice ran in the two-point conversion. All of a sudden, the Vikings were up eight to six in the blink of an eye. It always helps when you can get a special team touchdown.
0: Oh, absolutely, especially a fast answer like that. Palin Bruley's having a really nice year for Mackey, so Chalice being able to swing right back. (coughs) Excuse me. Being able to swing right back and not only level the score, but take the lead, Um, you know, that's, that's important. And and Chalice, it's a, it's a younger team. It's not the, some of the veteran Viking teams of years past that we've watched and known so well. This is a little bit of a younger, a little bit less experienced team. So finding part of your, part of your challenge, if you will, is you got to figure out how to become those older, more experienced kids. And the only way you do it is by going through it. And so you know, being in some some tight games, being in some tight spots, and having to do some things, and and they've got some nice players up there, and there's some good things on the horizon.
1: Definitely. So it's eight to six. Chalice game stayed that way up until right around two minutes to go before halftime. Mackey scores again. Bruley throws a 19 yard touchdown pass to Chance Brower. Grayson Chandler runs in the two point conversion, and your halftime score is mackie 14 chalice eight but right before halftime will on two separate plays roughly 30 seconds apart in game time but more like 15 minutes apart on the field chalice had not one but two players go down to injury both had to be taken off the field on the stretcher which was obviously a scary moment for for both fan bases the game kind of never really found its momentum for the rest of that first half after the the lengthy delays two separate, you know, 10 plus minute delays. I yeah. did. I did reach out to Chalice head coach, Les Webb. Uh, he said both young men are, are fine. They're okay, but they're not going to be returning to the football field this season, which is a huge blow, um, to Chalice. But I'm just glad that the two young men that were hurt are okay.
0: Well, what can be frightening in something like that is you go to any high school football game in Idaho, anywhere for that matter, and there's going to be emergency personnel on on site. They're, they're just There is. There always is. So you have one injury, okay, and you're having to deal with that, and then you have another significant injury right on top of that. Now you're trying to deal with two, um, and without knowing the specifics of the injury, sometimes that's a pretty big challenge and time can be of the essence. If you're talking about, uh, you know, broken bones or anything worse than that. And and again, I don't know what the injuries are. I don't need to know them, not any of my business. I I trust Coach Webb not to uh, feed you a line of any sort, but it's just when you're talking about those types of, those types of injuries uh, serious enough where you've got to bring medical personnel in, you want the you want those medical personnel to be well trained and, ab- and able to focus and to have one happen and then immediately have another happen man that's a little scary I'm glad yeah. to hear that that everyone seems to be okay
1: yeah they're they're gonna be okay uh just not returning to the football field this fall so so Which it's the least for
0: the concerns right, right. I mean yeah it, it's you know okay yeah okay they're gonna miss a couple weeks of football and that is a bummer you know, you practiced all season, you want to see it through, you want to finish it. But the point is, is coach says they're going to be okay. And if all goes well, uh, you know, we'll see them whether it's on the basketball court or the baseball field or the the track, uh, the track, or, you know, back out for football next, next fall.
1: Yep. So it's 14 to eight Mackey at halftime. Chalice has just had two deflating injuries. Then Mackey gets the ball to start the third quarter. They punch it in on their opening drive, um, Chandler scores. Grayson Chandler scores on a three yard touchdown. It's 20 to eight, Mackey. And at that point, I'm thinking, all right, you know, Chalice is giving their best effort, but this is just not going to be a night where they're going to be able to climb that mountain and get back in. And then they do. <laughs> uh, three and a half minutes to play in the third. T Erickson, sophomore quarterback, throws a 10 yard touchdown pass to Jaden Wright, who is also a sophomore, I believe. Erickson Ooh. runs in the two point co- conversion, and all of a sudden it's 20 to 16. Chalice has cut it to four. Now, Chalice has the ball to start the fourth quarter, but they fumble. And Jax Esplin comes up with it for Mackey. Turnovers were a big part of this game. That led to a three-yard touchdown pass from not Palin Bruley. He was on the receiving end this time. Taysen Bruley throws it to Palin Bruley. Mackey mm-hmm. back in front by two scores, 28-16. to But again, Chalice responds. Riggin' Dixon, and he's a good running back. Uh, watching well, him but
0: another court. young one. I believe he's another sophomore.
1: Yeah. Dixon. So Reagan Dixon scores on a five yard touchdown run for chalice. Uh, They give it to Dixon on the two point conversion. Didn't get it, but chalice is within six, 28, 22. And at this point we're into the fourth quarter chalice gets a stop. They get the ball back. They're driving, they're moving the ball, but with over two minutes to play uh, just over two minutes to go chalice fumbles again this time lucas hulse recovers for the minors and that was pretty much done and dusted from there so mackey gets the win 28 22 chalice had a chance late to drive for the tie and possible winning points just turned the ball over too many times but both teams hard-fought win for mackey they're three and one chalice drops to one and three but this was a fun rivalry game
0: yeah absolutely at some point you're looking at it from the Mackey perspective, you're going to need your defense to make plays if you want to if you want to reach the 1A Division 2 playoffs and and maybe win a game or two there and Mackey is in position with their remaining schedule ahead of them to possibly be one of those 1A Division 2 playoff teams coming out of District 5 and District 6. So, this was big for them, you know, not only to do it against a, a Division 1 team, not only to do it in a rivalry game but to ultimately come up with the win in large part because of some defensive stops that you made, that's, that's really important. And that's, that's really speaks well for Mackie going forward.
1: Yeah. So, uh, 28, 22 Mackie gets the win over Chalice in our game of the week. And now that sets up, I mean, this is kind of the big game. It's Mackie taking on North Chen this week. you all right there, Will.
0: I, get, I got to fly. And he, I think he <laughs> wants to maybe take over for coach Kirkland here because he keeps, Coming like I don't know if you guys can see him, but he like loops around and makes like a beeline right for my forehead. So he yep. either wants to be on the podcast or he wants to assassinate me. I'm not sure which one yet.
1: <laughs> no joke. I was doing one of our other prep casts this week, and uh, as I'm recording, I see a spider coming down from the ceiling above me, uh, right right where the mic is. And I was like, "Gotta take a step everybody, back and."
0: Take everybody wants. Their, everybody wants to be on this podcast. That's how good it is.
1: That's right. So, but the big matchup now is Mackey at North gem. And this game probably decides that that second and final playoff spot out of district five and six this year at the one D two level. We we think Rockland probably going to win the conference. They look really good. Um, But what happens here with North gem and Mackey in this game?
0: It's a great question. Uh, I, I think on paper, um, I think you you probably want to favor North Gem just because of their experience and they've got some, you know, big, strong, talented kids. The problem is they don't have a ton of them. And, you know, depth is an issue. Injuries can be a big issue in a game like this. And in talking to a couple of coaches who've played those teams, they're like, look, let's not pretend there's a giant gulf between North Gem and Mackey. You know, Mackie's got some players. They've got some talent. Palin Bruley, who we just talked about, is one of them. And you mentioned four or five different names, and, you know, you mentioned Jax Esplin, but you didn't mention Riker Esplin, who I don't know if he played or not, but point being, there are there are plenty of kids for Mackey who can make some plays. And, and you know, when you're trying to play true Ironman football, which North Gym is, unfortunately, because they just didn't have the, the, the turnout that they hoped for this year, you get into the fourth quarter, and it's, say, a 28-22 type game. That depth that Mackie might might have just a pinch more of, uh, just that little bit of extra energy to you know go make that tackle or to go make that block or whatever it is. That could be the difference. I expect this to be a pretty good football game. And and I'm not, I mean, I'm I'm not often surprised by who wins the game. Sometimes the spread surprises me. Um, a couple games recently, certainly. Uh, this week, you know, this past week fell into that category. Um, and this one, I don't know who's going to win it, but my gut tells me it's going to be an entertaining football game.
1: Yeah. We'll see if Mackie's depth can wear down North him. I think, and and again, I would love to be wrong. I'll come back and own it. If I am, I'm leaning Mackie just because they do have a little more depth. Um, and, and a few more numbers to pull from there. But we'll see. It should be a fun matchup. Um, a team that never is lacking for depth, Will is Butte County. They're the other big team from East Idaho that's been doing well this year, 181. Uh, we had them on idahosports.com last week in that neutral site game against Council on Saturday evening in Homedale, uh, 40 to 6. Never really was close. Razor Duke was the idahosports.com player of the game. Perfect QB rating, four for four. Uh, passing 96 yards, two touchdowns, also rushed for 88 yards and two scores. Brody Westergaard had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Coden Kroesch caught a touchdown. Um, Butte County rocking and rolling, and second week in a row, Will, Butte County going back over to the Treasure Valley for a neutral site game, this time at Middleton on Friday afternoon, where they will play Kendrick, another game you can watch on idahosports.com
0: fascinating game to watch because I, I think we saw earlier Kendrick played number one Oakley um, you know we watched that game Kendrick won that game. I still think Oakley is probably the number one team in the state in the 1A Division one classification as far as that's that's the team if you're asking me who's gonna win it. However comma I have been and continue to be uh, I'm all aboard the the Butte county bandwagon this is a team I expect to be playing deep into November. And I expect them to really give Kendrick a run here. Um, I like Butte County's versatility. I like what Razor Duke brings to the table as far as uh, not only the ability to run, but he can hit some throws if you give them to him. And then you bring in the Wester guards and you bring in the Croches, who is a Mackey kid, by the way, just uh, moved to Arco this past year um, and is now in Butte County. But they've got a number of players who can play. Of course, we know Kendrick does. uh, And we know that Kendrick... Um, you know, I, I don't know that there's an eight man team in the state that would be favored to, to beat Kendrick straight up. Maybe if you built an all-star team and gave them two weeks to practice, maybe, uh, but boy, that Kendrick team is something. They are something. And, you know, for, for Butte County to come back over here and Kendrick and those two sides to be able to find a date and agree and be willing to play that. I mean, that's a fantastic matchup. Thorngren, the head coach for Butte County, Hobart, the head coach for Kendrick, two of the better eight man coaches in Idaho. You know the old saying is it's worth the price of admission, and and it is. If if you live in the Treasure Valley, and you're just a you just enjoy fun football, and you're not necessarily married to a team per se, that would be a good one to just go watch. That that should be a good football game.
1: So the kickoff time has moved around a little bit, but here's the official lowdown: Varsity game will kick off at three thirty Mountain Time. On Friday from Middleton, so that's 2.30 for all the Kendrick fans up north. Um, and we will be broadcasting the Varsity game on IdahoSports.com. But not only that, since both teams are traveling from such a far distance, Will, we're throwing in a bonus. We're going to broadcast the JV game, too. That's going to be at 1.30. It's going to be at 1.30 Mountain Time, 12.30 Pacific, and then the Varsity will be two hours after that. So JV and Varsity games, both on IdahoSports.com Friday afternoon. You'll, right. you'll be able to kill a lot of hours.
0: Yeah, yeah, I will. Boss may not like that, (laughs) but I'll like it. Um, And I'll tell you this. I mean, you watch those games, those kids playing JV in Butte County and JV in in Kendrick. I, I love the fact that they're able to play a full JV game because a lot of these kids don't get a ton of field time. And not only are you getting field time, but these are elite programs. You know, you're getting kids that are going to be legit players for Butte County in a year or two playing against kids that are going to be legit players for Kendrick in a year or two. This is as good of a, this is as good of a situation as, as these two programs could have dreamed up. Not only do you get a good tune up on varsity win or lose, you get as good of a JV test for your kids and experience for your younger kids as you could really ask for.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. So again, it all starts at one mountain, 1230 Pacific Friday. On IdahoSports.com, uh, another game we had on IdahoSports.com last week will uh, was uh, a White Pine League battle up north. One A D One Logos hosting Lapway. Boy, Logos no problems. Seventy two to fourteen. Um, Lapway actually scored a first. Seventy one yard touchdown pass from Jarice McCormick to Elias. You're out, but from there, Logos scored. I believe the next seventy two points. And if it wasn't the next seventy two, it was like. May 60, as well have been 64 yeah. of the 72. I mean, Lapway didn't score again until very, very late in the game. Uh, Jack Driscoll, three touchdown passes, two to Lucius Comas, one to Dominic Porras. He rushed for two touchdowns. He had a pick six on defense. Jack Driscoll, um, Ryan Daniels, uh, Honor Mallory, Henry Sundley, Baxter Covington, Lucius Comas, all scored rushing touchdowns. So that's a big win for Logos. They're five and zero overall, four and O in the white pine league. On the other side, we had Potlatch playing Troy in a white pine battle. And Potlatch says, Oh, yeah, Logos, we'll see your 72. We'll raise you. We'll score 76. <laughs> so they score 76 over Troy uh, and they win 76 to 34. Jack Clark throws. Uh, or excuse me, rushes for four touchdowns. He threw a touchdown to Waylon Marshall. Marshall scored on a touchdown run and had a pick six. Ben Johnson scored three rushing touchdowns for the loggers. And for Troy, they they played well. Makai Durrett had t- two touchdowns passing, rushed for two touchdowns. Um, Braddock Buchanan scored a rushing touchdown, but they just ran into the, the literal buzzsaw of the loggers there from Potlatch. So Potlatch now 4-0 overall, 3-0 in the White Pine, and here's the game. We're finally waiting on this Friday, Will. It is Logos at Potlatch. Winner will be in the driver's seat for the White Pine title.
0: I, I find myself wondering, and this is just me. I'm not no insider information, obviously, of any kind. But when I start thinking about things like the 1A Division one player of the year, two of the first guys that come to mind for me are the two quarterbacks in this game. You know, Jack Clark and Potlatch and, and uh, Jack Driscoll in Logos. And they're just, they're both incredibly dynamic. They both put up uh, ridiculously good numbers this year. They're obviously leading their team to great things. So uh, you know, to win an award like that. And I'm not saying that one of those two are going to win the award. You know, the, the Razor Dukes of the world, the David Clutes of the world, the Justice Schraders of the world. They're going to have something to say about this before it's all said and done. It's an open race. But Driscoll and Clark, to me, are, are kind of the, the head of the class at the moment as we sit here today. Here's your chance to author your signature moment for one of those two kids, whatever that may be. And it may be, player X intercepting player Y in a key moment. It doesn't even have to be a play as a quarterback. It could be as a returner. It could be as a defender. It could be something like that. It's, it's, it's an opportunity. And, and that's what's great about these is, you know, as a player, you don't want to go into these games scared. You don't want to go into these games. I mean, it's okay to be a little bit nervous. You don't want to go into them apprehensive because, boy, what an opportunity this is. These are two of the probably four or five best teams in the state of Idaho playing for, uh, at the moment, the number one spot in the White Pine League, which is a good league, these are the kinds of games you just got to, as a player, you got to dream about. You get, These are the games you got to want to be in. And for, for Jack Clark and Jack Driscoll, two of the best players, two of the best 1A Division I players in the state of Idaho, what a chance for them to shine and really put a stamp on their resume when it comes to things like off-state and, and player of the year candidacy.
1: It's going to be a fantastic battle. One thing I've noticed with Potlatch is they, they get a lot of takeaways on defense and just about every game they have a defensive touchdown of some kind. That's been pretty consistent. So if they can get a couple of turnovers against Logos, could really bankroll it, but uh, get your popcorn ready. This is going to be an offensive shootout and should be a great battle. And meanwhile, we also have another intriguing matchup this week between Kami, and Prairie, so Kamii shuts out Clearwater Valley 38-0 last week. Um, it was only 8-0 after one quarter of play, mm-hmm. but uh, they, they kind of explode before halftime. Um, David Clute, 219 yards, five touchdowns in the win. He rushed for 112 yards. Lawson Landmark is a freshman for Kamii. I made his first start. Lewiston Tribune had this uh, in their recap. Made his first start at wide receiver. All he did was catch five passes for 100 yards and three touchdowns.
0: Pretty good debut.
1: Opportunity,
0: (laughs) Uh, right? He had an opportunity and he seized it. Good for him.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, And then Prairie, they shut out Genesee 48-0. Noah Beeler throws four touchdown passes and rushed for two scores as well. Benny Elvin, his favorite target, he had two touchdowns. Blake Bunce and Chris Schumacher also caught touchdowns. Um, and I got to know Noah Beeler from the state baseball tournament last year. He, he, he was a great pitcher for Prairie and we had him on for a little post-game interview and man, he was funny. He was a yeah. great kid, very entertaining. Um, and so we've got this matchup of Prairie at Kamiye and each of these teams are three and one overall yeah. Prairie's two and one in the white pine Kamiye two and one in the white pine. This could be a battle for that third auto bid from the White Pine League, Will. The, the yep. White Pine gets three auto bids this year to the playoffs, and the loser of this game potentially could be on the outside looking in.
0: And Prairie was that team last year that was on the outside looking in. And the thing that uh, that's really impressed me with Prairie so far this year, you mentioned Beeler. Every time I'm looking up Prairie recaps, he's got two and three touchdown passes. And this prior, this Prairie, or Prairie Pirate team for years – has been predicated on an explosive ground game setting up the pass, be it Cole Martin, be it Brody Hasselstrom, be it Trenton Lawrence last year, whomever it may be. And this year, the the script seems to have flipped a little bit where they're able to just kind of let her rip a little bit. And Beeler, they had some instability at quarterback last year trying to find the guy, and it's it looks as though they found him. And, and that's going to be really important against a Kamei team with Porter Whipple on the pass rush, you know, make sure you got your little rib jacket on, you know, Noah, uh, in the game the other, you know, in a few nights. But, you know, just so many other players there, O'Kane, Weddle, Oatman, Clute. Uh, you mentioned the young freshman who had the big start the other day. Um, I, I think you're right in that the, the winner of this game really gives themselves a really good opportunity to earn that Third auto bid at worst out of the conference, um, but more importantly than that, I think they avoid getting into the uh, at large, the Max Preps mythical ma- you know math ranking. They they stay out of that mess. And I don't think this year. I think there's such a big sw- there's there's a couple of there's two or three excellent teams. I would say maybe four. I mean, it depends. You can you can say you got a big swath of pretty good teams and the one place you don't want to be is you don't want to be in that pretty good bubble with there's my friend again with 10 other teams (laughs) fighting over maybe what six spots i just i don't think that's a place you want to be
1: yeah it's uh basically there's three at large bids this year to the playoffs and we'll really start doing the playoff talk next week we're going to we're going to bring back Bain, the Bainey Bracketology starting next week where we kind of look at the whole state and what's happening uh, once we get to October. But three at-large bids and 1A-D1, one one, you figure Butte County and Grace, whoever doesn't win the conference, is going to get one, one of those. One, yes. and, and, and so you've got two spots. And last year, District 4 took both of those spots, and they've got a, a litany of good teams again this year. So I'm just saying, you want to guarantee your spot? win <laughs> that's that's the bottom yeah. line there
0: so i mean that's the easiest thing for these teams when it comes to what's our playoff scenario win on friday you know yep. and and the the scenario stays, stays the same next week and and for the loser of this game for the loser of, of prairie and Cami, your path probably gets a little bit trickier frankly it does but you're not your goose isn't cooked you're still playing football you still have a chance and your narrative remains the same next week whoever you play next week got to win you know and and that's how that's what it's going to become for a lot of teams for the next three four weeks
1: definitely uh let's stay in north idaho but go to the 182 ranks where this was an eye-opener to me Uh, lakeside traveled to lewis county for a non-conference game last week uh not the fact that lewis county won like we said but the, the the margin of victory 48 to nothing lewis county shuts him out gage crow returns the opening kickoff for a touchdown uh, and then he finds the end zone six more times on the ground. He scores all seven of Lewis County's touchdowns, and they shut out Lakeside 48-0. I just got done last week talking about how great <clears throat> Lakeside looked to me, and Lewis County's been dinged up a little bit this year. they played uh, a tougher schedule than Lakeside has, but boy, I was pretty blown away by this.
0: Sorry, I had to mute there for a second. That's that's. That's bad,
1: um, that's bad hosting on me. I should have continued to fill. No,
0: you're, you're all right. No, and this, <laughs> when I talk about scores that surprise me, but not necessarily outcomes, this would be exhibit A. You know, there's another one we can talk about if we have time a little bit later in the show, but this would be exhibit A. I'm with you. Was I blown away to see Lewis County won? Not at all. And I saw it on the Lewiston Tribune. Their sports staff does a fantastic job tweeting out final scores as they get them. And they tweeted it out. And the first thing in my mind when I saw that tweet is they had to have missed a number. Like it must've been like 48 to 30 or 48 to 20. There's no way it was 48 to nothing. And then I look it up and it is. And I heard from coach Madrell who let me know the game that, that Gage Crow had. Uh, And they're still a little bit dinged up, but boy, you got somebody like Gage Crow who goes out and runs for 357 yards or whatever it was. Seven total touchdowns, a couple of two-point conversions in there. I mean, that's just a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal individual effort by that young man, and obviously his teammates helping him out by opening up some holes, you know, for him to run through and whatnot. But um, you know, you got to think Lakeside's going to bounce back from that. But man, that's that's a real punch in the teeth right there for for them because they had played so well leading up to that.
1: Yeah, and meanwhile, while Lakeside is in non-conference play, you've got Mullen St. Regis last Friday taking on Clark Fork in the second battle, uh, the first game of the year. Mullen St. Regis won by a score of twenty to it was either twenty to eight or twenty to six, I can't remember which. But we talked about we talked about Clark Fork had the ball twice inside Mullen St. Regis's ten yard line. Two turnovers. Otherwise, you're looking at a different game, possibly. Same thing happens in this one. Clark Four comes in with the game plan of, and it's every game this year, we're going to run the clock down to one and when slow we have down. the ball in offense, yeah. slow the game down to a trickle. They almost pulled it off. They fall 20 to 12, but uh they had the ball down 14 to 12 in the fourth quarter, driving around the Mullen St. Regis 20 yard line, and they fumble it. Mullen St. Regis recovers. They march down the field and score for a little more insurance. And so it's Mullen St. Regis getting the 20 to 12 win.
0: Yeah. I talked to Coach Stetson Spooner briefly after the game. We exchanged text messages is more an accurate way to put it. And he said, look, you know, it was we didn't play that well, but you got and, and and he said this: you you gotta give uh those Clark Fork kids, they were a lot of the reason that Mullen didn't play. Mullen St. Regis didn't play that well, you know, those Clark Fork kids, you know, they gave it their all. They played their butts off and they gave Clark, or they gave Mullen, St. Regis, everything they could handle and really made them work for it. And, and, you know, what we find a lot of times, especially in smaller classifications, sometimes you just have games that are, you're just overmatched. You know, a team is just, what one reason or another, they're just overmatched. But more often than not, what you find is two teams that are in the same general vicinity. And if one team doesn't necessarily bring it on a given night, it's it's big-time danger zone. And, and Mullen St. Regis, by Coach Spooner's own admission, hey, you know, we we could have done some things better. We got some things to work on. And the good news, if if you're a Tiger fan, is you got away with it. And you could argue you've gotten away with it twice against Clark Fork. And seeing as how that's the team that more often than not they're trading punches with, in recent years to get that one seed out of the North star into the one, a division two playoffs. It's critical to get those wins as long as you're learning from them. And, and the Mullen staff, the Mullen St. Regis staff, coach Spooner and coach Allen, I guarantee you they're going to make sure that their kids are very aware.
1: Yes. Um. So Clark Fork, I forgot to mention this part of it too. Clark Fork was trailing 14, uh, nothing. They scored. Or, or they were down 14 to uh, six, they score on a passing touchdown from chase San Roman to ever Montgomery. Then they decide to go for the onside kick and they get it. And that's when they were driving to potentially go win the game. So, you know, a couple of gutsy play calls there from first year coach, Patrick young of the Wampus cats, but here's the reality.
0: You know, why not? And yeah. It's have a little fun, live on the edge. We can go back to 1984 <laughs> and just hand the ball up up the middle three times. And then if it's, fourth and one just punt or give it a shot let the kids you know let the kids decide it on the field and, and I like it I, I like that decision I like that you know sometimes you just kind of gotta smile a little bit and and let's roll the dice let's have some fun
1: that's right so but here's the reality now Clark Fork has dropped both games to Mullen Saint Regis and they've lost to Lakeside at once they've got one more game with Lakeside at their place in the regular season finale they need to win that game and hope that they get on the right side of some tiebreakers just to get right. into the playoffs because now they're way behind the eight ball. And it looks like from the outside, it looks like it's Mullen St. Regis and Lakeside competing for those two playoff spots. What order to be determined first round of, uh, this double round Robin conference schedule between Mullen St. Regis and Lakeside happens Friday night at the Mariman, uh, health core center in Worley, that turf field, um, Should be an interesting battle, and the winner of that will have a leg up on the regular season title and that number one seed um, that comes with it.
0: Yeah, so in that context, if you're Clark Fork, you're probably rooting like heck for Mullen St. Regis to give Lakeside a conference loss so you can turn around and try and even the ledger on down the line a little bit. Um, I'm really interested to see how Lakeside bounces back after that tough loss last week. And, and the flip side of that coin is can Mullen St. Regis, can they clean it up a little bit, play a little bit cleaner football, play a, play a little bit better football? And if they have a chance to put away an opponent, can they just go ahead and get that done? Um, that's going to be one of the, the, the big keys for them is if they have a chance to put Lakeside away. You know, let's say they've got a 24 to 8 lead and they have the ball late in the third, early in the fourth let's go drive down the field and let's put them away and uh coach spooner and talking to him in the off season he said we have been so big play heavy in the past years with with the likes of adam ball and caleb ball and luke trogdon and and sky galloway even before that riley trogdon they've been so uh explosive that one thing he really wanted to see this year is a team that had the ability to grind out one of those eight or nine play drives that maybe takes three or four minutes off the clock. And if they have a chance to do it against Lakeside and they can do it, that's going to be a big, big step for them.
1: Definitely. Really fascinating battle. And and it's important to win the conference this year, Will, this, this, this North Star League, because the district champion gets not just a first-round bye in the playoffs, okay. not... Not just home field for the quarterfinals well, but if they get past that, they get home field for the semifinals. And you're talking about if based on the rotation, let's say it ends up at the Kibby Dome, you're looking at not, not leaving home for the entire postseason. That 1A is at the very top of the bracket this year, which means they get home That's field eight advantage eight. as long as they keep winning. So this is huge to win the league this year, whether it's Lakeside or Mullen St. Regis, big yeah. opportunity.
0: Yeah, very critical. And and this, you know, this game coming up is, is step one. You know, there's still more work to be done after that. But the team that walks off the field on the good side of the score, uh, scoreboard on Friday is going to be in really, really good position to see their name on that line
1: yep all right let's swing over to district four now will and we'll kind of recap the the d2 and the d1 games from last week and then talk about all the delicious matchups that are on on tap uh we'll start we'll start d2 Hagerman sends a big message 34 to 6 win over Dietrich um all the touchdowns for Hagerman came on the ground Wyatt Maven camp scores twice Martin Gonzalez scores twice Wyatt Hoskovec scores uh on, on our Magic Valley PrepCast uh this week, will we were talking about this win by Hagerman, and I was talking about Wyatt Maven Camp, and Wyatt Hoskovec, and Kai Kendall, and Martin Gonzalez, and I kind of I've kind of dubbed them the Four Horsemen of Hagerman. They're all such dynamic athletes, and they they all complement each other so well on the offensive side of the ball. Hagerman is rolling right now.
0: Yeah, getting Maven Camp back in there obviously helps balance that thing out uh, quite a bit, and gets Kendall back out in a more natural. I shouldn't even say natural role, but a more role, role we're familiar uh, seeing him in and watching him in. But this was the other game where, uh, you know, frankly, I looked at the final score and thought, wait a minute. that Not that Hagerman won, but that they blitzed him that way. I think on this podcast just last week, I think I said something along the lines of I felt like Dietrich kind of had the inside track to the number two seed uh, coming out of of District 4. Well, guess what? They don't have it anymore. And, and now they're you know now they're having to look back at the uh you know the, the teams like Castleford and whatnot and say okay we need to we need to pick up some wins here or Dietrich could be a team that they've been right there in the 1a Division two conversation as far as state champions the last few years they're they're a bad Friday night away from maybe not even making the playoffs and they're I think they're a pretty good football team um they just and I I, I say this, respectfully you know they, they just picked a bad night to have a bad night and give hagerman a lot of credit that they did not they had a good game and they took advantage and uh, they beat up on on dietrich a little bit and coach Estelle and his kids back to the drawing board and and we'll see what kind of answer they have and also we'll see how how Hagerman does as far as you know can they thrive with prosperity? They're in a good position now. Do they keep pressing forward or do they kind of puff out their chest and maybe have a bad week themselves coming up here in the near future and lose the advantage they just gained by their effort on Friday?
1: Yeah, the other conference game last week was Camas County and Hanson. The Mushers win 59 to six. Uh Troy Smith takes a kickoff back a hundred yards for a touchdown that's physically as far back as you can take one. Um Troy Smith also rushed for 133 yards and a touchdown at 35 yards receiving with a touchdown, led the defense with nine tackles. Troy Smith doing Troy Smith things. It sets up this game on Friday, Will. It is Hagerman taking on Camas County. I will tell you. Um Scott Burton, my co-host on the uh, Magic Valley Prepcast this week, was trying to reach out to Bill Hicks, uh, head coach at Hakerman to talk about the win over Dietrich, and he was kind of like, you know, we're we're kind of more focused on this game coming up. So Understandable.
0: that's 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 yeah.
1: where that's where my focus is, and we're yeah. like, we get it. We'll, we'll we'll talk to you later. No yeah. problem. Um, well, because
0: like Kendrick is the number one team in the state in division two, completely justifiably. Camus is number two. Absolutely justifiably. And there are those out there, I've talked to them that think on an any given Friday deal with with Troy Smith, with Tristan Smith, with Trevor Two's, with you know, with all the players that that Camus has back, there's no reason in a one game setting the Mushers can't go up there and trade punches or have Kendrick come down, whichever the case may be, and, and trade punches with them and have it be a heck of a football game. So, you know, we, we talk about Hagerman, you know, needing to be focused in the here and now, because if they're not, this is a game that, that Camas County has the ability to turn sideways real fast. And I mean, it can be one of those things where I have people up in Fairfield who will text me updates from games up there. And it might be something where, hey, it's it's 24 to six and there's still three minutes to go in the first quarter. So Hagerman they need to be on point from the opening kickoff. They need to play, they need to take care of the football, they need to tackle well, they need to play good assignment football on defense and they'll give themselves a shot if they don't, Camas County might just run over them.
1: Yeah, and and we talk about Kendrick a lot and they're obviously the 800 pound gorilla, but they're they're not invincible. We saw just last year in the state championship game, in a one game setting, Dietrich nearly pulled it off
0: and, yeah, and, and had Kendrick. opportunities to, and yeah. it, it wasn't a fluke. I mean, that Dietrich team was very good. Kendrick was a little bit better, and they earned that state championship. Absolutely. We're not taking anything away from them, but when you get into a one-game setting, as Dietrich just showed last week, uh, or, you know, Lakeside against, you know, uh, when they played uh, Lewis County or any uh, pick another matchup. If you don't bring it on a given night and the other team does – Bad things can happen and so that's why it's important like we mentioned with Hagerman the little things the details and you know take care of the football tackle well um you know avoid silly penalties give yourself a shot give your give your playmakers a chance to do something and and see where you're at at the end of 48 minutes
1: and meanwhile also Friday night you've got Dietrich at Castleford in a game where these are two teams that Dietrich's been a final four team the past two years. Castle Ford was a final four team two years ago, final eight team last year. Uh had to go play that buzzsaw from from Kendrick. But um you're talking about now this might be a knockout game where the loser of this game doesn't go to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, potentially. Uh and and Castle Ford, you know, I've watched them with my own eyes. I, I like their young group of kids. They've they've got they've got enough upperclassmen. Uh, in in Ramos and Keach and and Taylor, they've got a good group of upperclassmen that can kind of lead the way. They've got some good, energetic young players, so uh, they might have a little bit further to come, and they might have a little bit—I don't know if you want to say more long-term upside. I don't know, however, you want to classify it. But that's a really interesting matchup. That's a really interesting matchup because I like Dietrich. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised what happened to them last week, and now they've got to they've got to bounce back. Because you're right, if if something bad. Uh, goes for if if you're a Blue Devil fan and you have another rough Friday night, you know it's it's metaphorically speaking time to start thinking about basketball.
1: I I mean if they if they drop this game, it's it's real simple. You you got to go out and beat Camas County.
0: You, yeah, you 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 left yourself one path. And I'm a big proponent of uh, as a coach. You know, I I coach baseball, okay, and I've coached other sports in the past, and I I always tell my kids leave yourself multiple pathways to success. And, you know, one of the best ways and in the example I'll give is the best pathway to find success is beyond the field. Beyond the field means you do your homework, you know, and, and it's a ripple effect. And I'm, I'm oversimplifying here for the case and making the point. But in, in the larger scheme of, of whether it's Dietrich or whether it's Castleford. Well Dietrich since Castleford I believe's already played Camas County, but you don't want to put all your your all your eggs in the basket of you have to beat Camas County. You don't. You want to give yourself as many ways to get there as possible. And for Dietrich that that means you got to win on on Friday.
1: Tough proposition for sure. Uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, 1A D1 level, District 4, Will. Oakley beats Carey last week, 36-6. to Kyler Robinson, four touchdown passes in the win. Two to Isaac Cranny, two to Cooper Beck. Uh, Carey scores on a 50-yard fumble, return for a touchdown by Nick Versus. Glad to see him back in the lineup for Carey. He's been yeah. banged up a little bit this year. Uh, you had Murtaugh beat Glens Ferry, 66-8. Leading rusher was it Junior Benitez? No. Was it Eli Merrick? No. Was it Sawyer Young? No. It was Brody Funk, the funky yeah. one, 148 yards and a touchdown. Although you know the rest of those guys weren't that far behind. No. Um, and I
0: went to that game because um, I really wanted to see Murtaugh. Yeah. Um, and the the thing that I came away with that really impressed me was their offensive and defensive lines. If they're able to play like that. They were blowing holes open in that Glens Ferry defense that we could have taxied a Cessna through. Um, You know, and and all those backs you're talking about, they were getting three, four, five yards downfield before they had to make a move, let alone absorb any contact. Um, You know, Glens Ferry would like to have that game back. They did not play especially well, but you know who did? Murtaugh. And they put up 66, 68 points, whatever it was. And they didn't even play Junior Benitez on offense all that much. They spotted him in some situations, but it was a lot of Sawyer Young. It was a lot of Funk. It was a lot of Merrick. It was a lot of other players. And those players produced, by and large, because, boy, that that Red Devil offensive line was just fantastic.
1: Yeah, and and it goes the other way, too, on the defensive line. Uh, Oscar Alberto, we've talked about a lot. A guy, a guy we haven't talked about as much as Hudson Giles. I'm really impressed with yeah. him, too, for Murtaugh, So
0: Yeah, he did a really good job. And then uh, the the center, I'm drawing a blank on his name. now. I want to say it's, it's Gunnell. I could be wrong on that, but it's a junior center and two senior guards. They've dominated the line of scrimmage, and on both sides, on both yeah. sides. Um, you know, Glenn's Ferry was able to get a couple of drives started, but uh, Murtaugh did a fantastic job clamping down and um, you know, when, when Glenn's ferry was forced to try and run outside, Murtaugh just used their speed to close down those lanes. And that was, that was about it. Murtaugh was impressive. Murtaugh was very good.
1: Yep. And meanwhile, the standings are kind of on their head a little bit in, in the Snake river conference where carries Owen two. uh, I don't, I can't even remember the last time they were Owen two in league play. I don't um, know if
0: they ever have been, you know, yeah. I'm not entirely joking when I say that right. I'm sure they have at some point, but we might have to go back. Uh, more than a few minutes to find it
1: yeah and raft river is zero and three in the league and only one and three overall they played valley last friday well this is a game we talked about and i said coming in i thought raft river was the team that had more pressure on them because um you know if they lose here now they 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 have to run the gauntlet they got to run the table from here on out i think valley wins 46 to 6 over the trojans valley i think is one of those teams that's ready they're, they're ready for a, for a playoff appearance. Yeah, they're they're playing really well
0: right now. And, you know, Josh Hardy, the, the quarterback, uh, he's been really good, but he's got a multitude of people that he can get the ball to. It's not a one-man show, uh, whether you're talking about Robles or whether you're talking about Jones or whomever. There are a number of players in that Valley lineup that can make things happen. And then, oh, by the way, so can the quarterback, you know, he can throw the ball hard. He can throw the ball. He can run the ball. I've said it before and I'm going to keep saying it. He reminds me enough of his older brother, Jason, that I'm perennially afraid I'm going to misidentify him as Jason. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they're, they're a team that, um, you know, in terms of, are they going to be an auto qualifier or are they going to be in the mix for one of those at large berths? I don't know. I just think they're going to be good enough to, uh, to be in the conversation one way or the other.
1: Yeah. Uh, so Valley wins 46 to 6. Josh Hardy, 145 yards, three touchdowns passing, 169 yards, and a touchdown rushing. Aaron Damian scores on a pair of touchdown runs. Pedro Robles, five catches, 103 yards, two touchdowns. And so you've got some interesting matchups now. You've got Valley at Kerry, and Kerry's kind of like Rath River here. This is a must-win game. They 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 have to start bankrolling some wins here. Uh Carrie's and four overall. Now they've played a very tough schedule, right? They've already seen some really good teams, but this is this is the line in the sand moment here for the Panthers. Are they going to be able to get a win and take that next step forward or will Valley continue rolling?
0: Uh, the thing I'm a little bit surprised by when I watch Carrie is they seem to have trouble scoring. And you want to talk about something we're not used to seeing. It's We're not used to seeing Carey struggle to score. They're only touched on Granted, it's against Oakley. It's against the number one team in the state. So let's not crucify them for playing a better team here. But the only points they're able to put on the board come on a fumble return by Nick Versus. Um, you, and, you know, no Connor Simpson, no Carson Perks, no, you know, go down the list, Riley Morey, guys that we're used to seeing making those big plays. You need somebody to step forward and start making those players plays for the carry offense. Uh, and and it's gotta happen soon. You know, they're they're running out of time. They've got to start picking up some wins. Yeah.
1: Carry this year, 0 4. They have played Oakley and Lighthouse Christian. We think those are the two best teams, and then Butte County and Grace. I mean, that's that's a murderer's row of opponents. They're all um,
0: yeah, they're four of the best teams in the state, period. And, and that's the problem when you're down there in District 4 or District 5 is there's a very real possibility any given week you're playing the number one, number two, or number three ranked team in the state. And that's that can be a challenge when you're trying to fight your way up into that conversation if you're not already there. Um, you can get a little bit beat up, you know, not only physically but mentally playing those teams on a weekly basis.
1: Yeah, regular season finale, Friday, October 20th, carry at Raft River. That could be a game where they're just playing for pride, and set the tone for the off season.
0: Possibly, which, yeah. yeah
1: it's crazy to think about. Um, but both those teams, Raft River and Cary, it's it's getting it's getting late early here for or early late, however, whatever the saying is. I botched it's it. Late
0: early. I mean, yeah. we're we're sitting here. It's not even October yet, and and we're talking about must win games for teams like the Cary Panthers and the Raft River Trojans. That's something that's you know borderline blaspheme among eight man football fans who are used to those programs just being right there in the mix for a playoff spot every year you just you know you just put them on the bracket from the get go they're going to be there somewhere don't worry about it well got to worry about it they they've, they've got to start getting some things done if they want to be in the mix
1: yep and the last game we'll preview here will is uh, also in the 1AD1 Snake River Conference it is Oakley at Lighthouse Christian. These teams are undefeated in league play. Great. Is Lighthouse ready for the big leagues? We're going to find out when Oakley comes to town Friday night. Uh, this is a Lighthouse team that I've been pretty impressed with so far. But this is one of those games we look back on and go, "Yep, league title was decided right there."
0: It's very possible that it could be. Um, you know, you look. We we've talked a lot about Lighthouse Christian on here. Justice Schrader, great young quarterback. Uh, Jack DeJong, who's been playing for a thousand and twelve years, Case Van Lewin—they've got—they've got a lot of good players there at Lighthouse Christian. And then when I look at Oakley, the thing that the thing that I keep coming back to is they're getting it done, they're putting up big numbers, they're doing amazing things, and yet Bryce Severe still kind of lurking in the background. You know what I mean? He's he's playing well, he's doing good things, but they're not needing him to carry the ball thirty times a night to win football games. And that I think is going to serve Oakley so well when we get into, uh, you know, later in October and then into November where maybe you're playing in some crummy conditions. They've got a workhouse, a workhorse back there who was all state two years ago, missed most of last year injured. And they've been able to just kind of work him back in this year and spot him a little bit, spot him and he's producing, but he's not having to carry the load. So the hope is when you get into a playoff game and you're in Oakley and Butte County is coming to town or Valley is coming to town or whomever and it's, it's rainy and it's cold and it's windy, guess what? Bry? you know, get ready because you're going you're gonna to carry us this game and, and he's capable of it and they haven't had to do it yet.
1: Yeah. It's nice to not have to use that tool in the toolbox if you don't need it. And he oh. came back last year and did what the team needed him to do, really? which was ironically enough, he in the, in the playoffs, especially the semis in the championship, he, he was playing nose tackle. He was lining up over the center on defense and using yep. his speed to get into the backfield on defense.
0: Um, and he was doing a great job at it too. I mean, yeah. that, that's, what's funny is coming into the season, you're thinking about, Oh man, Oakley lost Ethan Torvald. This is, how are you ever going to recover from that? Oh, whoops, they've got Bryce Severe just sitting here waiting. And just the way things have worked out and the way that coaching staff has put together their game plans and they, the way they've executed their game plans, Isaac Cranny and, and Cooper Beck and obviously Kyler Robinson has been fantastic. And there's more. I mean, I could just read down the roster and you get the point. But it, it it's kind of like knowing that at some point – the bell's going to ring and it's going to be Mike Tyson that comes out at you. And, and that with, with Bri severe and the possibility that you get into a game where it's like, okay, Bry, here we go. Here's the game plan. It's going to be a lot of Bry severe. You're going to get your 25 carries. We're going to ask you to get that pad level low. And we're going to ask you to, to, to carry the offense and get us, get us the win tonight. It's you gotta think it's going to happen. He's good enough to do it. They just haven't had to do it yet and and maybe this is a game where maybe you have to play that card a little bit we'll see
1: and for lighthouse the the one critique i have of them this year is sometimes their offense kind of gets bogged down and they have a hard time sustaining drives they go three and out quickly that's what happened in the carry game earlier this year that they won by just two points Mm -hmm. Uh, their their offense is going to have to be firing on all cylinders if they want to uh, keep up with a really talented Oakley squad, but that'll be a fun one on the turf at lighthouse Christian oh, yeah. Friday night. Yeah, yeah. Good one for sure. All right, well, well, this is a jam packed week of action. We'll have plenty. We'll have plenty to talk about next week. I have a
0: feeling. <laughs> Hopefully we have coach Kirkland back from his, uh, his battles with the internet. Uh, Cause I mean, his, the coaching insight that he can bring to the table. I can I mean, I, I can fake a lot of things when it comes to talking <laughs> about sports <laughs> I can't fake what he can bring to the table. So it's a bummer that we didn't have him tonight, but with all the matchups we have coming up this week, and they just they just gain importance every week. Um, I mean, you look at any week. We could look three weeks down the line and be like, oh, my God, look at those five matchups. And then the next week, it's like, oh, my God, look at those five matchups. Uh, and then just to be able to bring in Coach Kirkland and he can give you some some real sideline perspective. It's It's awesome. I've you know, missed him this week. Can't wait to have him back next week.
1: Definitely. Uh, We will be back with the full staff, hopefully next week as we break it all down again for you. But uh, for Will Henneke and for a brief moment tonight, Coach Lane Kirkland, uh, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on the Idaho 8-Man Prepcast on idahosports.com.